Hello, thank you for joining us for Prospect Conversations. From time to time, we will sit for chat about various topics important to our community. I am Rosa Maurice Clark, the Communications and Events Manager here at Crossref, and joining me for today's conversation is my colleague, Anna Tolinska. We are here to talk about how we can make research happen faster with fewer hurdles and how Crossref can help. Our members have been asking us how Crossref can support open science and we have a few insights to share. Initially, our plan was to share these thoughts in a blog post, but after some discussion, realized we wanted to add a little more context to the information and thought best to just have a chat about it. So with that said, let me say hi, Anna. Hi, Rosa. Thanks for taking the time to chat with me today. Do you want to start by introducing yourself and what your role is at CrossRev? Sure. So I'm Anna Tolwinska, and I'm the Member Experience Manager at CrossRev. And in this role, I communicate with our members about the benefits and obligations of the CrossRev membership and chat with them about their participation, which includes metadata coverage as well, which I love that topic. Perfect. Thank you. Okay, let's get into it. I did hint at the topic for today, but if you would start us off again and tell us, what are we talking about today and why? So we're here to talk about how CrossRef supports open science, but let me set the stage a little bit. So last year, as you know, was really, really hard and the pandemic took a toll on everyone. And across the globe, researchers raced to find a vaccine. Several, of course, were developed very quickly got emergency approval, and are now being distributed as we speak. And all of this happened within one year, which is completely amazing and unprecedented. And I think it happened in part because of quick access to research and data sharing and really huge growth of preprints too, which was really, really important. Just jumping back to your comment about how last year took a toll on everyone, got me thinking how we all had to pivot very quickly and adjust how we do our work. For example, we had to quickly convert the entire staff to 100% remote work in a moment's notice, right? Yes. And I think many industries have had a similar experience. And there's this state of the open data report put out annually by Digital Science. And this year, it stated that researchers were actually far more likely to rely on open data that was already available by other labs, because the quarantine prevented, you know, some of them from being able to collect their own research. And this may change in the future. But I think COVID-19 really underscored how and where we perform work. And this is, you know, fundamentally changing. But in my conversations with our members, both prior and throughout the pandemic, I've noticed this theme emerging. So many of our members have been wondering how we can best support them in helping make their research more discoverable and easier to access for researchers. Could you elaborate? Yeah, so Crossref does this in several ways. So first, by making the metadata of millions of articles available to the community so that researchers could make important connections between research and then, you know, make more related research happen faster. Uh, secondly, we did share a large data file of over 100 million records in June to support research towards developing a vaccine. And again, you know, recently in January of 2021. And lastly, we announced a few months back that Crossref is now officially adopting POSI, which stands for the Principles of Open Scholarly Infrastructure. Uh, so POSI offers a set of guidelines for those organizations that have made a commitment to this idea. So um, some of which are transparent operations, open source, 
and revenue based on services, not data, for example. Yes, exactly. So these organizations that adopt these guidelines typically provide infrastructure that supports the research community in a variety of different ways, and Crossref is one of them. So the idea of POSI was first developed in 2015 by our colleague Jeffrey Builder and our former colleague Jennifer Lynn, along with Cameron Nalen, who was at PLOS at the time. But what is really important here is that Crossref will now follow these 16 commitments set out in POSI, and you mentioned a few of them, that really support the research community and that will guide us in all that we do because it became very, very apparent that our infrastructure has become really critical to many in the research community, especially in light of some of the more commercially run infrastructure being discontinued. So, you know, when thinking of making research happen faster with fewer hurdles, open science comes to mind, right? Yes. So tell me, what's your understanding of open science from talking to our members and what are publishers trying to figure out? Yeah, so there are many aspects to it, but Wikipedia has a really good definition from which I will borrow. So open science is the movement to make scientific research and its dissemination accessible to all levels of society. It's transparent and accessible knowledge that is shared and developed through collaborative networks. And it encompasses practices such as publishing open research, campaigning for open access, and generally making it easier to publish and communicate scientific knowledge. So that's it in a nutshell. But in my conversations with our members, I've noticed that many started embracing some of these principles of open science, or at least thinking about how to do that in the future, and really, you know, asked how Crossref can help. Okay, so would you mind sharing some insights on how Crossref supports open science? Sure. So I'll describe some of the ways here. So our members register a lot of metadata with us and that metadata is standardized. It's interoperable and machine readable, which is really very useful for quick dissemination of research because it can then be integrated in a lot of different tools and services that researchers use on a daily basis, you know, to find related content, for example, like search databases. So we make it really possible to share not just the basic bibliographic metadata, but additional richer metadata that is very useful to researchers and the community. You know, I think it would be helpful if you would give some examples of the metadata fields we collect and their uses. Sure. So there are many different ones, but we can start with abstracts. So readers are more likely to navigate to an article if they can read an abstract because it gives them further insight into the content of the work. So it's important to include abstracts in the metadata because it will lead to better discoverability of your content. And last fall, an initiative called I4OA was launched, which stands for the Initiative for Open Abstracts. And it encourages publishers to share their abstracts as part of their metadata in Crossref, and we're very happy to support them. But beyond the abstract, another important aspect, you know, is to add access indicators in the metadata. So for example, a free-to-read element This type of element indicates that the content is available for free, which can make it easier for researchers to identify content for text mining, for example. I just wanted to mention, because it's it's a really good read, our colleague Jeffrey Builder wrote a great blog post about it. It's called Helping Researchers Identify Content They Can Text Mine. Yeah, thank you for mentioning it. Yep, that's a good point. Sure. Another important element members can include, or elements can include, are persistent IDs. They connect research, researchers, and research institutions in the metadata. Right. Okay. So everyone is 
familiar with DOIs, which identify literature that can be cited. But what else are DOIs used for? So we accept funder registry IDs that happen to be DOIs as well, and these identify which organizations contributed to the funding or supporting the research. And also recently we started accepting grants as a new record type too. And again, these records use Crossref DOIs, so funding information is actually used by funders to track publications that result from their grants, which is really important. And this can include information about the use of facilities or equipment or salary awards. So it's it's really, really key. It also provides more transparency into research funding and its outcomes as well. Okay, so apart from these different applications of Crossref DOIs, can you share some other identifiers that we accept? Yep. So we accept ORCID IDs in our metadata, and this persistent identifier enables users to precisely identify a researcher. Okay. So ORCIDs being the identifier that distinguishes you from other researchers, right? Especially ones that have a similar name to yours, which can be a really big problem. Yes. And authors can get them for free and we can auto-update their ORCID records, which is a really good benefit. And members should definitely encourage authors to get one. But another important persistent ID I wanted to mention is the ROAR ID, which stands for Research Organization Registry Identifier. And this persistent ID connects research organizations to their outputs and makes it possible to see which researcher is working with which organization. Now, that initiative is about a year old now or so. But yeah, you know, I agree. It would be great to help solve the affiliation problem. It's hard to know who does research with which university. Yes, exactly. Um, so we don't accept raw IDs yet, but we will very soon. So that's very exciting. Yeah. Okay. So let's pause for a moment. You mentioned a few IDs, and I just want to do a quick recap. So we've got DOIs that can identify the literature, the funder, or grants. ORCIDs that identify the author, and ROARs identify the institution. And all of these help create important connections to help make research happen faster. Yes, thank you. That's a great recap. But beyond persistent IDs, we also think registering references and making sure they're set to open is very important. So references give researchers a really important data point through which to find the content, and that then increases the chances of that content being read and used for further research. So it you know makes research go further. It also is very helpful in verifying and correcting references, which is also very important. So, okay, we also accept a variety of URLs. And URLs in metadata serve a variety of different purposes, right? Can you mention a few of them and then maybe give a little bit of an explanation on each of them? Sure. So let's start off with text mining URLs. So these are full text URLs in the metadata to help researchers easily find content for text and data mining. So researchers are more and more interested in text and data mining, which is the automatic analysis and extraction of information from large numbers of documents for anyone that's not familiar. But including these full text URLs makes it easier you know, for researchers to mine the content, which then increases the discoverability and potential uses of the research. Members can also include full text links to their licenses, which can you know, help explain how their content can be accessed and used. And this is important when it pertains to text and data mining again. They can also include their own either proprietary license or a license such as the Creative Commons license. So 
including these license URLs in the metadata is very helpful in letting their readers know how they can access and use the content. And the last URL I wanted to mention is the similarity check URLs, which are full text URLs that enable Authenticate to index the content so that, you know, similarity check users or editorial teams can efficiently check for potential plagiarism. Okay, so I think that's all really useful information. So thank you for that. Now, Anna, can you tell us how members can find out what they're registering with Crossref if they don't know? Well, one of my favorite tools at Crossref is the participation reports tool, and we launched it over three years ago. And they provide a really easy way for a member to see what metadata they are or are not registering with us. So uh, once a member enters their name in the search box, they can end up on the main page of the report that lists important metadata elements and percentages next to them. And these elements are some of the richer metadata I mentioned that's important, like abstracts, orchids, references, licenses. And, you know, the members can really easily see how complete their metadata is by looking at the percentages. You've worked with many members helping them improve the quality of their metadata that they deposit by showing them the participation reports tool. Anything else that could help or that people should be aware of? Yes, they can uh, cite the data. So sharing data and data citations helps with transparency and reproducibility of the research. And actually, more importantly, in verifying and replicating the results of the research. So if the underlying data is not available, it's much more difficult to do so. But beyond citing the data, another thing members can do is register preprints and peer reviews. Can you talk a little bit about preprints and peer reviews? Mm -hmm. So when researchers need to access the latest research very quickly, many rely on preprints. And this has been the case in the past, of course, but became really especially important in 2020 and in the COVID-19 climate. Crossref has been accepting preprints, I think, since 2016 and recently has seen a very big increase in the number of preprints being registered. But beyond the preprints, peer reviews are important as well. Members can register and connect reviews to articles, which means that they are then in the scholarly record and that researchers can get credit for their work, which is really important for them. And registering preprints and peer reviews in Crossref ensures that relationships between these content types and any article are in the metadata and persist over time. That was a great overview on how Crossref can support open science. And it looks like there are many things members can do to support researchers on their journeys. Anything else you want to add, Anna? So nothing more to add other than please check out the Metadata 2020 website. It has a lot of great information about how richer, more open metadata can make research happen faster. Ah, yes, thank you for mentioning Metadata 2020. That's another great initiative. I hope others find this useful. Thanks for talking to me about this. No problem. Great chatting with you as well, Rosa. We will include links to all the sources mentioned, and we'll have a link to the transcript of our conversation, which will be helpful to anyone who wants to refer to it later or transfer it into their own language. Also, I want to mention that we have a lot of information on our blog, which you can find at crossref.org forward slash blog. Please send any questions to feedback at crossref.org. You can also chat with us over at our new community forum, and you can find that at community.crossref.org. And if you were able to hang with us until the end, thanks for listening. <laughs>